Please listen carefully. Welcome to another episode of Unofficial WoHo Radio, a podcast by women's hockey fans for women's hockey fans. I'm Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lauren. Hey. And today's going to be a little different. Um, Alice has other obligations, and she's unable to record with us, so you are stuck with me and Lauren. Unsupervised podcast recording <laughs> happening. Oh, man. This will be fun. Okay. Yeah. Are we doing NWHL first? Yeah. Yeah. So you have your, the ribs have a big day today. They By the do. way, we're, we're recording this on Thursday, March 7th. So by the time this is up, the game that we're about to talk about might have already happened and you'll know the result. Just to be aware. But yeah, big game for the ribs. Big, today. big, big game. And you know what? I'm ready. I wasn't ready before their last game, but I'm ready for this. <laughs> they actually won against the Buttes. Was that last, was it Sunday? I don't remember what time anything happened. But there was a, um, according to Erica Ayala, they added another person to the coaching staff. I want to say his name's Terry Watt. I might be wrong. Erica actually spotted him at one of the Wales games. Like he was doing some scouting to prepare for his first game, like on the coaching staff of the Riveters. Wow. He already sounds more involved than Randy. Right. (laughs) Everyone who is like at the game was describing Randy as just like standing off to the side, like completely uninvolved during the coaching. And I was like, yeah, great. (laughs) It's just their last regular season game. (laughs) Man, but the Riveters did the damn thing. They won against the Buttes. It felt like, okay, watching that game felt like watching the Riveters last season when they were so, like, completely dominant and, like, in the zone. It was good, especially after, like, this entire season where up to this point they had only won three games. It was so, yeah, it's been rough. It was so nice to, like, see that same spark from last season show up in this game, even though, like, technically, like, the result of this game didn't matter to the, like, for the Riveters in standing. I think it mattered to the Buttes. But Mm -hmm. um, regardless of if they won that game, they were still going to be in the play-in game. So, like, win or lose, they still had a shot to get to the playoffs, but they still, like, pulled it out. Like, they still just did so well and like Fitzy was doing amazing and Packer was scoring goals in the shootout. <laughs> did you see that one? Um or, I've like, seen gifts of the replay. Um or like yeah, gifts of the shootout. Yeah. Her yeah, just completely like top shelf. From the broadcast, I couldn't tell if it actually went in because it she shot it like up and then it immediately came back out and it came back out in like the blue paint and I was like did that go Mm -hmm. in or did that go off the crossbar but like in in the um replay it's clear that it like hit the net and came out uh so uh Katie Fitzgerald was in net for that game correct yes so based on Randy's goalie rotation system (sighs) maybe the season's already out already 
Uh, is she playing? Or do we think she's playing in today's game? She's playing. That was, that was confirmed at the end of their last game. Like people were asking, um, in their like press questions, like who was gonna start in goal. Mm -hmm. I was like, we don't say Katie Fitzgerald. Yeah. By the way, if you don't know, there was, I can't remember if we recorded before or after this came out already, but, um, yeah, Randy has like a coaching system for his, or like a rotating system for his goalies where if, if like they play in a game and the Rivs don't win, they have to sit in the stands for the next game, but they don't even get to back up. But then also he doesn't blame the goalie, he says. So. Yeah. That's one of the dumbest systems I've ever heard. Also, okay, I read about that in, um, something that Erica Ayala had written up and she like had his quote about like whatever goalie doesn't win the game sits in the stands to explain Mm -hmm. why I want to say why oh my god my brain is empty um I want to say it was like sass getting the start but like Mm -hmm. as soon as he like said that she was like oh oh my gosh I remember so like she had a quote about uh, from him explaining why Katie Fitzgerald was in the stands because people were like real confused. Lauren, my brain is full of cotton balls. <laughs> 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 she was in street clothes. That was it. She wasn't even. Okay. okay. That was it. So he explained why Katie was in street clothes and not like not even dressed as backup saying, if you lose, like you're not going to dress for the next game. And then Erica went through and, like, just so wonderfully explained that the last Riveters win was um, credited to the new goalie, Sorokina, Mm -hmm. who also, like, who wasn't playing in the game. (laughs) So, it like, his system, he doesn't even follow it. Yeah. Because Um, by that logic, she should be playing. I was I was looking at this is more like ripping on Randy, which I think is fair. Um, I was on the NWHL website today, and there is a piece on here by uh, Dan Rice uh, called "Riveters Ready to Defend Their Crown," and I just I found this quote at the end that I thought was really um, it's not definitely not meant to be funny, but I think it's funny given some of the things Randy has said. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it's Packer talking in the article um and she says we have a new assistant coach who has changed some things up as far as system wise and i'm just i'm just amazed that their assistant coach has been able to change things assist uh, system wise because i was under the impression that all teams just use the same system and every system is the same Systems is the Randy. same. <laughs> <laughs> Who thinks that Randy's a good coach? No one. No one. Not a single person. Not even there's, himself. <laughs> there's a is, there's a fire Randy website now. Yes. Um. <laughs> but anyway, I hope. Like, it sounds like y'all are getting a new coach, or at least have somebody involved in the coaching who seems to know what they're doing i think there's hope i think there's hope too all right and i think the team thinks there's hope as well i also hope actually no i'm not going to say anything else because 
I'm a little bit superstitious, so I don't like saying anything about what could possibly happen or what I want to happen. So I'm not going to say anything else. That's fair. Yeah. Which I think brings us to CWHL playoffs, which are also coming up. Starting on Friday. And I was very tempted when I saw Calgary got home ice advantage to go. And I still kind of am. I'm like, if I left tomorrow morning, I could make it there for their first game. But I'm resisting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fighting the urge. You should Uh, go. You're not helping. (laughs) (laughs) I am helping. (laughs) Every time I'm like, somebody please talk me out of going to this game. We're going to playoffs. I have, like, three people chime in being like, you should go. I'm like, no. Um, we want you to live your best life. Mm. <laughs> I appreciate it, but also my bank account does not. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, is this two playoff series? Uh, Markham is going to be playing Montreal, which I think was the matchup last year as well. And surprisingly, Markham took it last year, which I thought was cool. Also because um, Montreal keeps, like, stealing Calgary's players that I really like. I, like, I don't want good things for them. Aww. Stop stop winning. (laughs) Stop being so successful. And stop attracting players to your beautiful city, which I'm sure is probably nicer than Calgary. I've never been there. I don't know. But I hear good things about it. And... Uh, the the Furies really made the end of their season exciting. How and so? What happened? They won five games in a row to clinch a playoff spot. Oh. And, um, now that they're playing the Inferno, uh, the Furies, if you could cut that out, <laughs> that would be fantastic. I'd really appreciate it. You stop that. <laughs> That's enough winning for you. <laughs> So, yeah, obviously I am Team Inferno. And unfortunately, this is what's disappointing to me and one of the reasons I wanted to go is because they're only streaming Game 2. What? Why? They're only streaming Game 2 of each series, which, like, I understand if you can only afford or you only have the resources to stream one game, Like, I guess game two is the best one because it's guaranteed to happen and it could possibly be the deciding game. But I don't know. I just wish they would put more resources into streaming their games and making them more accessible, even if we had to pay for, like, a streaming package. Like, at least let there be the option. (sighs) So that's disappointing. Man, can you imagine, like, I don't know, I'd be so mad if a game went to three series, or three, or a series went to three games, and you wouldn't be able to watch that. Yeah. Like, like I'd, I'd be so anxious the whole time, I just want to see. Mm-hmm. I think that happened last year, and, like, fans were really vocal on Twitter about wanting to watch game three, so they made it happen, I think. I might not be remembering that correctly, but I think that happened, which is good. So I don't know. Maybe if we whine enough on Twitter, they'll stream more. (laughs) (laughs) But I might be maxed out for the amount of whining I do on Twitter already. I don't know. 
So yeah, I just wish in the future they would they would yeah devote more resources to like making it so people can actually watch their games because I don't see how you grow in popularity if people like can't see your product, especially with something like a sport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you kind of gotta see it. <laughs> Or yeah. at least uh, even have, like, a radio broadcast. Like, something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so now that we've talked about the six more successful CWHL teams, let's mm-hmm. let's take a look at the, the Blades. Um, the Blades. They did not win a single game this season. Which I imagine that is a hard team to be on. Like I don't know how you keep morale up, right? When you have been that bad. Oh my! And their past two seasons have also been like not at all successful. They maybe scraped together like one or two wins in the past three seasons. I can't remember exactly. Um. So there was some discussion on Twitter about what could be done to help the Blades. And one of the ideas is to put a cap on how many national team players each CWHL team can have on it. To I guess the intent would be to kind of spread the talent around the league. So they have like more equally leveled, a more equally leveled playing field for all the teams. I am not particularly a fan of this idea. And the main reason is like they're not, even if they are on the national team, a lot of them still like don't have that huge of an income that they can make hockey a full time job. Um, I know Lacasse, when she went, when she left, um, Boston and went to Calgary, part of the reason was she got a job in Calgary. So even if they are on a national team and they are getting like a Hockey Canada or USA Hockey paycheck, it's still not necessarily a full-time job for them. So I think it's, it's really unfair to try to tell players who aren't able to make a living off of their game that they have to play in a certain city. And even and even if they can make hockey a full-time job, that's not because of the CDOHL team they're playing for. So why should they get to decide that? Right. Also, I think if you put a cap on it, I don't necessarily think that would result in more like high-talent players going to the Blades. I think it might even result in more top talent going to play in other leagues, whether that be the NWHL or even overseas, like players are going to go where they want to go and not mm-hmm. go because they're like forced to. Right. And also I'm just not, I like, I don't know what the, like, how would you even manage that? Because players who are on the national team, like hockey Canada, like swaps out players for different like tournaments or different events. So right. like, yeah. Well, so how do you keep track of who's a national team player and who's not? Like, I just, I don't know. I just think the idea is 
bad. Right, right, right. Wasn't there um wasn't there a player who like was left off the the Canadian like national team roster for years and then was suddenly named to it for was it Worlds? Uh for the rivalry series and then now she's on oh, yeah. uh, Ansel Pibate is on the Worlds roster too. Yeah. Which, by the way, um, we will talk about that closer to World Championships. We're not going to do it this episode. Um, but yeah, so say like there's a like there's a cap on players, and Montreal is under the cap, and then all of a sudden one of their players gets called up to the national team. Then what? Right. Like, how do you do that? Also, how would you enforce that? Like, like season to season. Like, is that going to be first come first serve? Like, yeah. If- if someone needs to re-sign, but there's also, like, an up-and-coming player, like, are you grandfathered in? Like, I don't... That doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. it seems like a... I don't know. Like, it sounds like people are wanting to come up with, like, broad, like, sweeping motions to to even things out in the league. And honestly, I kind of just feel like the league just needs more, like, central leadership. Because mm-hmm. so far, like, isn't it just basically like every team for themselves like you can do what you want like there's not like a standard set by whatever offices they've got yeah like it seems like they kind of give each team the same resources but Mm. then because like it's like all whatever like money the teams generate it all goes back into the league like they don't get to keep it themselves so every team is getting the same resources from the league, but then it's like, what do they do with them? It's like, what right. do the teams do with those resources? And I know for the Blades, like, part of it might be um, because, like, the Canadian dollar is lower than the American dollar. So if they're getting the same amount as other teams, it's not going to go as far because they are in the U.S. Yeah. But, like, I also, I just wonder, like, what, like, what kind of recruiting there is, um, like, in Worcester or previously Boston to, like, get management or volunteers like I don't I think a lot of it has to do with the people around the team yeah I know that like from my point of view as an American hockey fan it kind of feels like the CWHL kind of ignores their one American team Mm -hmm. and I don't think that you could really get away with doing that like if you want it to survive especially because it's not in Canada like I feel like you do need to like pay attention to that and see what you can do to help this team that's kind of by itself in a different country you know yeah like you also have to like reach out to American fans and see if you can do stuff that way like I don't know and I like I worry that the the Bruins partnering with the Pride might have negative effects on the on the blades because i think ever since that happened like the pride games have been packed i don't i don't want to say they've all been sold out but i get the feeling that a lot of them have been mm-hmm. and that's just from one partnership and that's one women's hockey team when there are two in the area and i kind of hate that the the blades don't get that you know i don't yeah. know i don't want to see them like dissolve they're good players just in a weird situation yeah it's definitely something to look for and follow Mm-hmm. just i want to see what happens and i want to see if anything happens yeah. so far like the league hasn't really done anything Mm-hmm. 
one thing I wonder too is when there's like an opening for like a GM or something for a CDHL team, like who does the job of picking that person? Yeah. And who does the job of like attracting or like trying to reach more people to apply for that position? Mm hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of like the other teams that have had success, um, a lot of it is because of the work that their like GMs put in. So I don't, I don't know. That's just one thing I, I wonder about. Anyway, that was depressing a little bit. <laughs> um, a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, if you are looking for even more playoff action, um, the AWIHL playoffs are this weekend. Um, Alice is like the one of the three of us who knows the most about it. So, so she's not here. We unfortunately like can't talk about it a lot because I don't I don't have that knowledge in my brain. Um, but uh, the games are on Saturday and they're all streamed on YouTube. Um, so the Sydney Sirens are going to be taking on the Perth Inferno, and the Melbourne Ice Women are taking on the Brisbane. Guanas, which my phone changed to Hosannas. They are not the Brisbane Hosannas. That's not their name. Thank you, autocorrect. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you can uh, watch those on YouTube. Um, I haven't had the chance to watch more than like a few minutes of a game, but Alice sends us like screenshots of their graphics and stuff, and they look like good quality streams. So I would check that out if you are looking for more hockey. Yeah, I checked out um a few minutes of one of their streams last week, I think, when I had just, like, a little bit of downtime. It was amazing. Like, I literally jumped in in the middle of a game. It did not feel lost. The graphics helped me, like, catch up immediately. They're really quality streams, and I uh, hope my schedule allows me to watch some. Okay. Um. So now I guess we'll move on to some more off-ice news. Um. I don't know how much we're going to talk about this today because I think Alice wants to be here um, for us to kind of discuss this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably already heard. Uh, Kendall Coyne got hired by NHL Network. I think she's on like some kind of a panel with like three or two other women. To be honest, I, I'm not entirely sure what the, the job is. Basically, she'll be on on like TV or on NHL network, which I think a lot of people think that's a good thing um, that she's on there. Cause they think it's like growing women's hockey or making it more visible, or she's like a pioneer for being a women's hockey player in sports media because she's been, and especially cause she's been kind of the face of women's hockey since the NHL all-star game. Mm-hmm. But there, there is also like a huge downside <laughs> to this new position. Unfortunately, Josh or uh, Josh Vina Shaw, she used to write for the Victory Press, and now I believe she's covering college hockey. She has a podcast called Stick, Stick to Sports, and also a newsletter. And she does a really great job of breaking down all the issues. Um, kind of surrounding it because in the past Kendall Coyne has expressed some and 
anti-anthem protest views. Um, and since, like, racism is so prominent in hockey and white feminism is such a problem in women's hockey especially, there are some, like, huge drawbacks to coin kind of being the face of women's hockey right now. I don't know. Do you have anything you want to say about it? Um, I just wish they'd pick someone else. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of viewpoints floating around about this. I totally agree with um the Stick to Sports podcast. It's, you know, expressing distaste in people of color protesting for their right to not, you know... <laughs> Be harassed and or killed at the hands of um, police, you know, isn't really the best choice to make, in my opinion. That kind of that kind of shows people what you think. I don't know. I don't know how to express this like nicely. Like if you're against people of color protesting for their rights, that that is racist. Mm -hmm. Full stop. And I don't know. I'm seeing some people who don't think that. Or who don't want to accept that, or or even they don't even want to think about it. And that's kind of sad. Um, one of the the arguments I've seen um floating around on Twitter and other places online defending Kendall Coyne is that um she made the tweets I think like two years ago, so mm -hmm. you know she could have she could have learned, she could have changed her views, maybe she educated herself. Okay. That's possible, but show me where we have evidence of that. Right. Like, like why, why should we be expected to give her the benefit of the doubt? And I feel like because she's a woman, uh, and women are, are like, are a marginalized group, they think they can't be harmful to other marginalized groups. This just isn't true. So I'm just, I just don't know why why we should be expected to give her the benefit of the doubt and why um, this is one thing that said on the podcast is why is a redemption arc for a white person who said racist things more important than like equality. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. And you have to go off of what you know factually and what you can prove and all that we know actually about the situation is that she did believe that two years ago and she mm -hmm. could have changed but we don't have evidence of that yeah if there's um, no evidence then why are we supposed to act on the belief that that has happened and you know thinking about it like all these like little kids like these six and seven year old kids who like saw Kendall coin skate really fast and might watch her on this panel like they have no idea about any of this they don't know what she's tweeted they might not even care they're like seven so having all these kids be inspired like that is really fucking neato you know like that is really cool i just knowing what i know since we like since i am an adult like i am of an age where like i'm aware of the political climate that i live in like that has to be something that i care about too if we're only growing women's hockey for white children then we're not growing women's hockey and you're never gonna, you're never gonna change the culture in, in hockey and like get rid of the racism in hockey if the people you're putting at the forefront have racist views. Yes. 
because they kind of, like they're setting the tone for what kind of behavior is acceptable. So yeah, mostly like I just really wish it were like <laughs> anyone else. Like <laughs> like why I just oh better yet like put a women's hockey player of color on the broadcast like give them give them that platform or like at the very least don't put someone who says things like that on your broadcast and i think it's so sad that like right now the national women's hockey team is getting all of this attention when there's like entire leagues full of incredibly talented hockey players that are women i don't know because the national women's hockey whoa the women's national hockey team is all white women so it's all white women that are getting attention for hockey from the nhl at least yeah that's sad so yeah if you if you want to know more i definitely recommend um the sick to sports podcast um it's it's only 26 minutes long so even if your attention span is as short as mine you can manage it (laughs) So yeah, we will link to it in the show notes for for sure. Uh, oh, also the Victory Press um has uh, an editorial about uh, white supremacy in women's hockey or white feminism in women's hockey. Um, so we'll link to that as well. That's a very good, um, very good article. And I don't think we got any questions. So. No, we didn't. All right. Do we want to talk about? Anything else? Um, I cannot think of anything else. Oh, um, also, by the way, on our last episode, um, we said at the beginning we were going to talk about uh, the Blades and the Inferno playing a game with four points, and then we forgot to talk about it. So if you want to read about that, I did post a third on Twitter of just my thoughts on it, um, which a lot of it was, I wonder what would have happened under these circumstances so (laughs) mostly hoping for more transparency and maybe better planning but um so yeah we will link to that thread in the show notes as well if you're interested in that yeah yeah now what is our outro um i don't i don't know i feel like alice has been like recording the outro okay <laughs> so should we just leave that for her? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I even know like, what it is. I I yeah. I feel like we can. So uh listeners, you will probably hear Alice's voice at the end of our podcast. Uh she is not here. She just recorded at a later date. It's the magic of editing. <laughs> She's also, gonna be in this episode magic- whether she wants to or not. Yeah. Also with the magic of editing, I also sound a lot smarter than I actually am in real life. <laughs> Thank you, Alice, for that. Alice is going to add three brain cells in editing. <laughs> Alright. So I think we're good to go. I'm going to hit stop recording. And that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And because, as we've heard, there's a there's a limit on the brain cells. 
happen in this podcast. Uh, and I usually do this part, so Tay and Lauren forgot it's not their faults. I'd just like to extend a huge thank you to some of our patrons. Thank you, Abby, Al, and Shane. Y'all are so awesome. And if you want to join those lovely, lovely patrons and get some bloopers, bonus episodes, extra content in general, head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash radio and check that out. And uh, you can also follow the show on social media. You can follow us on Tumblr at radio and on Twitter at radio. Uh, you can also follow the co-hosts on Twitter. I'm at YoloWoho. Tay is at Rivs underscore R underscore Rolling. That's R like the letter and Rolling with no G. And Lauren is Spoon Nicholson. That's Spoon like Spooner and Ickelson like Mickelson. Thanks. Bye.